Welcome everyone to another episode of Ascend and Transcend. I am beyond giddy this morning to have our guest. Uh, her name is Amy B. Sher, and she's the best-selling author of How to Heal Yourself When No One Else Can. Um, also three other books, How to Heal Yourself from Depression When No One Else Can. Um, she has been somebody who's been a coach in my head for probably the last five years. And um, what's so great about her, she teaches and writes on topics of healing and humaning and being creative. Um, through her work, she helps people break through blocks to become their happiest, healthiest, and most expressive selves. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your journey? I know that we don't want to go like too deep into it, but you had an eight plus year journey, I will call it healing from chronic illness, including Lyme disease, correct? I did. It was a long, we can call it a journey, a healing, a disaster, whatever we want to call <laughs> right. it. We can call a shit it show. At this yeah. point, right? A shit show. Oh my gosh, that's probably the best description <laughs> I've heard. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I went through basically a decade of chronic illness. Um, I had chronic Lyme disease, but I also had um, many things that come with chronic Lyme disease, or, you know, when we have one thing, we sometimes have five things. So I had, you know, thyroid autoimmune disease, I had neuropathy, which is nerve damage, um, particularly in the feet and fingertips, I had fibromyalgia, I had chronic fatigue, it's like, it seems like all of these sort of things just happen in a snowball, which I thought, oh, my gosh, I have a million different things. But really, I think we, they, we have one big shit show. And it's just mm. we end up with a lot of diagnoses to go along with it. But looking back, it was just my body was imbalanced. And I ended up with all these, you know, different titles for that. But it was yeah. really kind of one imbalance or one big challenge that was represented by all these different illnesses. But yeah, for for about 10 years, I was you know, I had times where I was bedridden, I was on a search for and I'm sure a lot of people relate a search for what the heck is wrong? Like, right. what is this? There has to be something I'm missing. And I had some treatments that made me worse when they were supposed to make me better. I had some that were supposed to be a miracle that did almost nothing. I had some, you know, it was just a really long, stressful, heartbreaking process of what's so wrong with me and why can't I fix it? And that's the worst part, right? Or even when you're trying new treatments or therapies and you get hopeful, like there's the hope there. And then when it doesn't work out or it doesn't, it's not sustainable, it's not sustained healing, it can be really defeating, right? Totally. And I think like you're stuck in this sort of in-between space because you have to keep trying stuff because what are you going to do? Just not do anything? Like that's not going to work either, right? Mm -hmm. So you used energy therapy and emotional healing techniques. And this is what, you know, I really resonated with in your book, How to Heal Yourself When No One Else Can. You really took kind of a different approach. You looked at your illness through a different lens, right? Yeah. So eventually I had done like every physical treatment in the world, I felt like, and literally in the world, like I went to India for an experimental stem cell treatment. And like I said, various treatments helped to some degree, but I was never able to fully get well and stay well. Like nothing yeah. ever seemed permanent. And that's when I sort of had this epiphany that there must be something else. Like what is there? If I've gotten every blood test, I've gotten every treatment I've gotten, I've done all the things I'm supposed to do. I've done every diet. I've done every crazy alternative treatment. I've done whatever. There has to be something else. And that's when I started to look at 
the mind-body connection and how stress and trauma and our beliefs about ourselves and our personalities, you know, and our patterns like perfectionism and self-criticism, how those actually play a role in the physical body. And that was really my like, oh shit moment or aha moment, if you want to say it nicer, to realize like, I have done everything but this. Like I haven't really tried to change myself and myself is what's at the core of this physical body. And when I started to look at illness through a lens of how my emotions were influencing my physical body, it was only then when I was able to get and stay completely well. And it's been over a decade now, like I've been well. Wow. And that was what was such a breakthrough for me personally when I read your book. Before we hopped on, I was giving Amy a little backstory on my journey and how her book helped. But I was living in Chicago, you know, with the kids and the husband, everything seemed fine. And then while I was pregnant with Vivian, my second, um, when I was probably about seven months pregnant, I developed plantar fasciitis in like my right foot. And if anybody's ever had this, like, it really sucks. Like it's, I mean, it, it, it impairs you from really walking without pain or standing, you know, without pain. And that st- stupid banner flash eyes went to the other foot as well. And I had it for probably three and a half years. And, you know, there's, you're a different person when you're waking up every morning in pain. You know what I mean, Amy? Like when you're the yes. first thing, when your feet hit the floor or with you, when you have body aches and all of these things, you're just, your personality changes when you're chronically in pain. And the first years of Vivian's life, I just was, I just was a fucking crab. You know, I was in pain. I had plasma transfers. I wore two walking boots on both feet at the same time for six weeks. I slept in these awful splints at night and nothing was working. I went to Miraval. I had holographic memory, trauma resolution. (laughs) Like I did all of this stuff and it just wasn't working. And the moment when I just stopped being resistant to it, Amy, when I was like, you know what, this is clearly here to teach me something and I need to figure it out to like be able to let this be released. And I started reading your book and I started thinking, you know, I really need to allow healing because I wasn't in that place. I was just fighting. This was something I had to fight. And when that changed, and then I also changed some external things. We moved to California. Once we moved here, you guys, my feet were like, fine. After that, I've never had this problem again. All of my chronic stuff went away. It was literally my soul that was out of alignment. I was living out of alignment for too long, and it was begging me to listen and take action. That's what our symptoms do. Like people hate their symptoms, and like I'm not judging because I hated mine. Mm-hmm. But your physical symptoms, it doesn't mean, you know, the pain or the whatever is there isn't real. It just might have a multi purpose, which means, right. you know, it might be trying to show you or teach you or bring something to your attention. And we don't always have to make the move or get out of the relationship or whatever ASAP. But we need to understand what our body is telling us. Like the body just wants to be heard, just like we all want to be heard. And guess what happens when you don't listen? It screams louder. And your body isn't something you can tell to shut up. If anybody's ever tried that, you will probably know it does not work at all. And so I think that that's sort of the message that I wanted to get through in the book is like, 
Let's all take a breather. Let's all just try to embrace this shittiness that's going on. Because if you fight it, it just sticks around longer. Like you're not going to win in a battle of hating your life and trying to fix it at the same time. Like it just won't work. Right. So it's like, take a breather, look at it in a new way, see what maybe it's trying to teach you, try to be chill about it. Don't, you know, keep obsessive symptom logs and then hate yourself when nothing's getting better. And just really be there and be present for what is this trying to tell me? And what can I do about it? Right? That's so huge. And I feel like, well, I want to get your opinion on this. I know for me personally, just being more in tune with my body and my emotions, I feel like has helped me stay in a healthy, healed place. But do you feel like once it manifests as a physical chronic illness, that we've already kind of missed the warning shots that were sent prior with maybe our soul kind of nudging us in certain directions and we've been ignoring it. And then the final product is a physical chronic illness or disease. Definitely. Like definitely you've missed something along the way if you end up in a chronic situation. But that's fine because until you know to pay attention, you don't know to pay attention. So it's nothing to beat right. yourself up about. But right. people people always say to me like, oh, I was fine. And like, I felt this about myself, like, oh, I was fine. And then like, I woke up one day and I was super sick. And it's like, no, that's not usually how <laughs> it works. Like things are brewing right. for a while and we either ignore them or we don't notice them. And yeah. once the emotional imbalance sort of takes root in the physical body, then it's like, oh no, now this is kind of a big fix. So that doesn't always mean it takes a long time to go away. For a lot of people, it does take time to go away. I've had plenty of clients and students and readers of my book that like read my book and like do one thing, make one change or, you know, really some one stress. And they're like, oh my gosh, my back pain of 30 years went away. Like, so (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like it it can be kind of, it's a slow build that you may or may not notice. It may seem, you may notice it all at once, but I don't think it shows up at once. It just looks like that. Um, And in the same vein, it can, it can, if it was a slow build, it can be a slow fall away of the symptoms or it can be like, and then one day I woke up and it wasn't there. Like everybody has such different experiences. Mine was not... I woke up one day and it wasn't there. Um, but right. I do know many people who have that experience. And for me, I was always like told this story, like I was fine. And then I, you know, got sick. And then when I started to look back, I was like, no, I wasn't really fine. But I couldn't see it. Like I had told that story for so long. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I think a lot of women have that story, right? Right. Because we got shit to do. We have to be fine. I've got to get up, got, get on with it. And then I realized like, I haven't been fine for a long time. So it was just like me kind of like being willing to question my own story that I think mm. helped me see, oh, like I get it. And once you kind of get how it got there, you hate it less. Like if it seems right. like this mysterious thing and you you don't know why and it doesn't make any sense, that's a lot harder than like, oh, I could see how my body would be super stressed out or how I ignored this thing that maybe like... I shouldn't. And then you kind of find a compassion for yourself. I love that. And sometimes, you know, getting to that place of compassion can be the biggest challenge. And one thing that I do with clients, and I did it for myself, was find a picture of my younger self, maybe when I was really energetic, and I had, you know, perfect physical health, it can even be when you're seven or eight. And that was when a lot of my traumatic stuff happened. I put her, you know, just on the mirror in my bathroom. And I look at her in the morning. Well, I did. I feel pretty good these days. So she's, she's away. But I honor her. And I say, you know what? I'm the adult now. And you don't have to feel 
unsafe anymore. You don't have to be scared. And I know that that was a big part of your journey as well, was just getting to this place where you tell your body, you're safe now. I got this. You can relax. And this illness or this chronic pain, whatever is with me, you can hang on as long as you want. You can be here. I'm not going to fight you. I will welcome you. And then, but just know that you, I don't need this anymore because I'm an adult now and I can take care of you. Yeah, totally. I think the other thing that really helped me was just in the moment of that pain or whatever, I think what we do is we're like in a desperate attempt to get rid of it, which of course we want to because it's so uncomfortable, right? But one of the things that helped me was to be like, I might just be in pain for a little bit. Like to Mm. not try to get out of it in the moment really helped my body relax because you are in fight, flight, or freeze when you are desperately trying to get away from something that's living in your body. And if you can just go like, you know, I've had even since, um, you know, since I got well, like little things here or there where it's like, I've had to just be like, all right, I guess like I had E. coli a few years ago, a horrible, horrible E. coli infection. I had to be like, okay, I'm going to feel screwed up for a while, I guess, like until this kind of like, till I figure this out until my the stuff, my stomach lining, you know, my digestive tract lining heals, like, all right, like, I'm just gonna have to eat like I was eating like, bone broth and like white potatoes. And I'm not like, I I know. And it was just like, and then I was like, Oh, my gosh, the potatoes have sugar. Like I started getting into that whole thing. Like I shouldn't just be eating white potatoes. And I was like, you know what? F it. I'm just going to eat white potatoes. I might be eating white potatoes for a month, but it's fine. Like, so just to kind of make peace with whatever it is, instead of trying to crawl out of it every second of every day can actually be super relaxing and healing for your body. So it's just like, okay, I like if for people who have migraines, I just have a migraine right now. The chances of me getting out of this migraine right now when it's already started maybe aren't good. I'm just going to take my medicine and lay, lie down and wh- whatever I'm going to do, I'm just going to have a migraine right now. And that is right. like super, super healing and helpful. And I think it's a little bit about, you know, it's about what you're talking yeah. about, which is like, just chill and relax. Cause that is so much more helpful than freaking out. As, and as somebody who recently started suffering from migraines, probably like the last year and a half, I think it's ascension. I think there's some witchy shit and some energy going on, which I welcome. <laughs> but I've had migraines. And to your point, like sometimes I'll be like, you know, don't cry because it'll make it worse. But I'm in so much pain. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to cry. Exactly. Or if I need to throw up because I'm in, so, then I'm just going to be okay with that. And yeah. I am, I'm going to wait and I'm going to trust that the medicine will work. And if not, my body will survive it. You know, uh, we'll get through this, but me white knuckling it and resisting it really will only amplify it. So let me ask you this. You've written all of these incredible books and some focus in on, you know, healing from depression and then your latest one, your personal journey. It's a little bit of a deeper dive. Does anybody ever ask you about weight gain? I feel like right now I have a lot of friends and clients who say, you know, they picked up 20 when the pandemic started, 20 pounds or so, and they're doing everything and it's just not going away. They've tried everything. And I really see similarities between what you talk about in your book, right? Trying all these different modalities to try to heal from this chronic illness. Has anybody ever asked you if you think that your techniques apply to releasing weight that you no longer want? Yeah, I've actually had a lot of people use it for weight. So a lot of times weight is just a cortisol response, a stress response, your hormones aren't balanced. And so releasing stress or trauma or stressful patterns, thought patterns, or whatever can be hugely helpful 
to lose weight because, you know, when you're stressed, you have an inflammatory response, your cortisol levels shoot up, you don't metabolize things as you normally would if you were in a more rest and digest state. So yeah, I mean, working on the emotional and stress is always helpful for balancing out, you know, pancreas and liver and all of the organs that are really integral in in weight. Um, Donna Eden, energy medicine pioneer, Donna Eden, who has a book called Energy Medicine. Also, she has an Energy Medicine for Women book, which is really good. And Mm. it does talk about um, how to balance out hormones and I think about weight as well. But if you even Google Donna in weight gain or weight loss, you can probably find some good tips about how to use energy work. But releasing stuck energy is a great way to just optimize, um, you know, yeah. your your body essentially. I completely agree. A lot of times, and for myself as well, um, I picked up 10 pounds when coronavirus started and migraines and shingles. They're calling it the COVID-19, like the 19 pounds. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But I'm just trying to say, you know what? It's here because my body still feels some on some level like it's in survival mode. And it feels like this weight is going to somehow protect me. And so I'm okay with that. And if it needs to hang around another year or whatever, then I'm just going to be okay with that because I know that me resisting or hating my body or, you know, being uncomfortable when my thighs rub, like all of that shit is just going to make more calm. It's going to signal to my body, you know what, we're worse than we thought. So we better call in some reserves. Let's get some extra padding around this stomach. Totally. It's like, I don't need that. But so I feel like this is such a, such a wonderful overarching theme of all of your work is really this just relax into what is right and explore the emotional side and really see if you're in spiritual alignment with what you think your true nature is. Right. And there's a difference between like, people are like, well, I don't want to give up. And I'm like, wait, wait, nobody said to give up. We're just Mm -hmm. surrendering in the moment because in this moment right now, you can't lose 10 pounds in this moment. Like, so it's, or in this moment right now, you may not be able to get out of a migraine or like in the moment that I had E. coli and I was like, oh my God, there was nothing I could do. Like I had, you know what I mean? There was like, it wasn't This is more of like a long play of like, let's just have the thing we have and try to be as chill as we can about it while we also explore the complexity of what might be under it or contributing to it. So it's more like you're doing, you're not doing either or you're doing both, right? You're doing, you're accepting where you are in the moment and you're trying to help yourself feel better for the future. Yeah. A quote that you say is, while many of us go to great lengths for our physical health, we often ignore how much our emotional well-being affects us. This is often the missing piece for permanent and complete healing. Mm-hmm. I love that. I feel like that itself could be something that if everybody just understood that piece and leaned a little bit more into what's going on emotionally with me. And that could be through meditation. I love that you're supportive of EFT tapping. I think tapping is incredible. There's all sorts of different you know, tools out there that you can use to explore. But if you had to recommend something, like one thing our listeners could do today to try to listen to their emotional voice or get back into alignment, what would you recommend? I would just always recommend telling yourself the truth. We all know what the truth is. We just ignore it and don't tell it to ourselves. So I think, and it's scary to know what our truth is. I want to move. I'm unhappy in my relationship. I don't know how to control this anxiety, whatever it is. I think that 
telling yourself the truth about what the problem, the real problem may be is the best start. That doesn't mean you have to move across the country. That doesn't mean you have to leave a relationship tomorrow. That doesn't mean you have to take immediate action. But even revealing the truth to yourself will start to open up the path to how to navigate to the other side of it. And I think that starts with getting still, right? Like we just, we have so many just delicious distractions throughout the day, you know, this phone and the kids, and there's a million excuses not to take that time for yourself. But I think that there can be a lot of resistance and fear around if I get quiet, I don't, I don't want to hear what comes through. I don't really, I'm not ready to hear the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And it's harder to tell yourself the truth, right? It's annoying because then we have to like, listen, you know, then we have to figure out what to do about it. And so I think the first step is just like, I'm willing to hear it. I can't do anything about it right now, but I'm willing to tell myself the truth. And then you'll go to the next step. But I think that's a really good place to start. And I do talk about that in my book as well. Yeah, I was going to say if there's one, um, you know, there's so many amazing, just, you know, golden little nuggets in all of your books. But um, for the one of how to heal yourself when no one else can from depression, it feels like that's incredibly, you know, it, the statistics show it's just shot up um, since the pandemic started. For that specifically, would you say it would be the same tip of just kind of like being honest with yourself? Or can we build on that and maybe target it a little bit more towards some of the depression that people are feeling right now? Yeah, I mean, I think what I recommend in that book and what I recommend all the time is also not using not using a sort of catch-all phrase. Like we tend to repeat, like, I'm depressed, I'm depressed, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm anxious, I'm anxious. But to ask yourself, what's making me depressed? What's mm. making me tired? What's making me anxious? These are all real things, of course, in and of themselves. Depression is a real thing. Anxiety is a real thing. Fatigue is a real thing. But if you can make yourself avoid that word, that mantra you use all the time. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm depressed. I'm depressed. And ask yourself what's under that, that can start to reveal a lot. So I'll, I mean, I see as many people who are depressed because they're angry and they haven't been expressing that just as many of those people as people who are depressed because they're grieving over something. So depression, anxiety, Mm. fatigue, chronic illness can all be sort of general, but what can help you sort of dig down and figure out where in your life you need to shift or what you need to look at and maybe heal is what's under it. If I had to pick one emotion under the depression, under the anxiety, under the fatigue, what would it be? And that can really help you start to to sort of target what it really is. Right. Is it love or fear, right? Those are kind of the two. Yeah, those are those are the two. Although I think there's kind of a there's kind of a lot of them, but those are two yeah. good ones for sure, <laughs> for sure. Well, and I also recommend, I know that, you know, Pam Grout is a big supporter of yours and she was on the show as well. And I always say to ask for a sign, you know, and if you need some great exercises of like some sort of proof that the universe has your back and that your thoughts create your reality, you know, go ahead and grab Pam Grout's book too, E Squared. It's incredible. And I think sometimes when you don't know where to start, that's okay. You can just throw it up to the universe and say, you know what? I need a sign. I need a big sign that this is something that I can overcome or that there's reason to be hopeful. And then sit back and watch because the universe is just like, it's dying to show you all of these incredible things that it has lined up for you and that it's there and that you're never really alone on this journey. Yeah. 
Yeah, it totally helps. And I'm a big believer in signs. Sometimes I think I make signs out of things that might not be signs. Sometimes I like pick <laughs> something too. up and I'm like to my wife, this is a sign. And she's like, for what? And I'm like, just a sign. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, so, you right. know, but it does keep you going. It's like, feels like there's some entity or a support system with you and that, and it makes, it makes the journey more interesting too. There's also another really amazing book. Um, You should have her on your podcast. Tammy Masterberde wrote a book called The Universe is Talking to You. And it really helps you decode signs and what they mean and how to be, and it helps you be more open to them. Because a lot of people tell me, I look for signs, but I don't see them. And this book Mm. is a lot about like what they look like and how to be open and the whole thing. So that's also another book recommendation in, in addition to the incredible Pam Grout. Well, I love that. And I want to thank you for spending time with us today. There's no doubt some really great insights that our listeners are going to get from this. If there's one thing you can leave our our listeners with today, what would it be, Amy? I would just say you never know what's going to happen. Like I felt like I healed the week after I was having one of the worst weeks in my life and I thought I was never going to heal. So you're healing, you're feeling better, your you know, your vitality, your energy maybe just around the corner and how you're feeling today has no bearing on how you'll feel next week. I have seen these things, chronic illnesses turn around. It's like nothing's happening. Nothing's not happening. Nothing's happening. Oh my God, something's happening. Something's happening. And, um, yeah. and the other thing I would say is like, this was true for me. And this has been true for so many of my students is that healing is up and down until it stabilizes. So if today you feel amazing and then tomorrow you crash, that means nothing. If you told me that I wouldn't be like, oh no, they're going backwards. Not at all. So I would say stop putting so much weight into every symptom or every day and overall just see a trend and look for a trend. Am I feeling, you know, did I have an extra half hour good this week than I had the previous week? Like it might have to be small because things do really go up and down, up and down before you turn a corner and before you fully heal and stay that way. So just don't be obsessive about what's happening now. What does this mean for tomorrow? And what, and it's better than yesterday. Like it's crazy making, it doesn't really mean anything. Just kind of do what you can as you go along and things will shift. Oh, I love that. Uh, That might be one of the best closings we've had. Yay. Um, (laughs) Everybody, if you want to learn more about Amy, go to amybesure.com. Uh, her most recent book is This Is How I Save My Life. I love the one, How to Heal Yourself from Depression When No One Else Can, a self-guided program to stop feeling like shit. I love it. So uh, her blog is fire as well. There's so much amazing free content on your site. Check her out. Follow, follow her on Instagram. And I just want to say with loving gratitude one more time, Amy, thanks so much for being a guest. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to be here. 